Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This podcast series was created in collaboration with the Great Escape Festival, the festival for new music. The Great Escape is a three-day music festival in Brighton which kicks off this year's UK festival season. It is renowned for highlighting emerging artists and for showcasing new music. And this year is no exception with over 450 incredible up-and-coming artists from all over the world on the lineup. The Great Escape will be running from the 11th to the 14th of May 2022 across 35 venues all within walking distance of one another. In this collaborative podcast series, I'll be interviewing four key artists from the lineup and discussing their past, present and future and the music that binds those experiences. See you in Brighton. You're listening to the Vocal Girls podcast with me, Megan Gray. This week, I'm speaking to singer-songwriter Lola Young. So then I say sorry. huge voice and relatable lyrics, Lola's had an incredible few years. She's been signed to Island Records, nominated for a Brit, named in the BBC Sound of 2022 poll, and also performed on The Graham Norton Show and The Late Late Show with James Corden. Writing songs from the age of 11, the now 21-year-old has a big future ahead of her, with managers of both Adele and the late icon Amy Winehouse backing her. I spoke to Lola a few weeks back over Zoom and we chatted about her cutting her teeth doing shows to an empty room, the importance of having a strong sense of self and how her songs have helped her process what she was going through when she wrote them. It's been a bit kind of crazy and a bit mad. I think it's been very busy and that's something that I'm getting used to because obviously with COVID, you know, there wasn't a lot to do. Mm. So it feels a bit weird coming back into like a super busy um like schedule but yeah it's amazing I mean getting nominated for a Brit uh, award and a rising star obviously BBC sound of it's all it's all incredible stuff and it's really really great obviously from 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 me and for my career obviously it's kind of just starting to pick up the reaction was amazing like I don't really know what to say like it's just so <laughs> mad you know like I think from me performing like Kansas City, very small venue with like 30, 40 people to now like thousand people in a room. It's really good. It's just amazing. And obviously I'm now supporting Griff. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch of things that um, I'm super, super excited about. And the shows, my my tour was, was just mad. Yeah, I saw a video on your socials of you like breaking down whilst you're on stage. Yeah, yeah, it was proper emotional. Like it was a really emotional moment for me because obviously going from like, going from like such a small crowd, it, like it feels so bizarre and so surreal, you know? Mm. So I just did get really emotional during Blind Love. I think it was just like a mixture of things really. And pretty overwhelming. Very overwhelming, yeah. Do you often get triggered by like the words that you're singing when you're performing? Yes, I do actually. I do get quite triggered a lot of the time. Um, it can be quite like like what I sing. Like my lyrics are quite emotional most of the time. Mm. So obviously, when I'm I'm kind of reliving the meaning of the song when I'm on stage, and also not only that, but like I'm trying to process like everything else around me in my environment. 
as well as conveying an emotion, acting it out, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a lot of things, but I'm still reliving the actual experience. So, mm. and the experience of me writing it and whatever the song means to me. So I do get very triggered. I cry a lot during songs. And Is it hard to have to relive those things that you wrote it about? Um, yeah, it is. It's definitely really hard. And I think um, some of them are quite deep and mm. can be quite intense. So I guess like, it's just about me being able to understand like that's okay to be like upset and like mm -hmm. it's okay to be vulnerable and no one's gonna judge me and like you know but that's also running through my head so it's a bit of like a whirlwind yeah i can imagine and um obviously you did the song for the john lewis christmas advert so how did it feel to be asked to do that it was very weird you know because i never thought i'd get something like that it's kind of something that you feel like you really mm you would never expect to do in life is to get something like <laughs> yeah. well, me anyway to get like do the John Lewis Christmas advert it's just not something I would have thought about really but then when I obviously got it it was just like I was completely so confused and like couldn't really believe it but it was amazing yeah I feel like that's a good one to like brag to your uh, extended family like your grandparents and your aunties and uncles because exactly. everyone knows the yeah, John Lewis yeah, so what song did you pick for your past song and why did you choose it? So I picked um, Paolo Natini Last Request. And Excellent I picked this choice. one because, yeah, it is. It really reminds me of growing up and like having like my first heartbreak and having like all these different, just all of these different kind of experiences I was having. But it also brings me back quite in a hopeful sense. Mm. You know, it's quite like, a. I have an incredible childhood, but I didn't have the worst childhood ever. There's a lot of things that I would have liked to have been happened differently. But Last Quest is a sad song, but it, I remember listening to that, you know, These Streets, um, mm. that album, like, on repeat in my house with, like, the, um, in, like, a CD player. <laughs> and it was just, like, absolutely, like, one of my favorite. It's still one of my favorite albums of all time. I think it's amazing. Yeah, I think I know every word to that album, like every single word. Yeah, same. He's 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 actually a genius. I know. I was a Paolo Nutini super fan. I really, really was. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I once actually met him met him on the streets in Brighton on my own, and he was on his own, and I literally grabbed his arm and was like, "Oh my god, you're Paolo Nutini!" Oh when god, I was eighteen. Yeah, he I was really nice. Oh, <laughs> it will happen one day. I think he's like doing some dates and stuff this year, so. Apparently he is, yeah, I'd love to. Moments. Yeah, exactly, that'd be great. <laughs> so what other kind of music were you listening to when you were growing up? Um, I was listening to a lot of different stuff, a lot of, what, Paolo Nutini, I was listening to a lot mm. of Prince, Joni Mitchell, Avril Lavigne. Well, when I was really young, it was like Avril Lavigne, Eminem, like, like it was like a lot of kind of like, I listened to quite a bit of rap, when I was mm. little, but it was like anything that was current. Like, I think this question can be swayed in different ways sometimes. And you can say, oh, I was listening to like all these like sick, cool artists, but a lot of yeah. the time no one really was. So I was listening to like, you know, whatever was on the radio. And I didn't really grow up around like, I did grow up around a lot around music, but it was like more current music, you know? So yeah, then yeah. I started venturing out and I listened to like, obviously like, MJ was massive when I was little and then, mm. Uh, obviously Amy and uh, but yeah it, I, I loved like Radiohead and like bands and like 
things like yeah. that. And then I ended up loving a mixture of everything, really. I listen to every kind of music. I don't listen to drum and bass. I don't like drum and bass <laughs> um, or like techno. But apart from that, I listen to every genre and I just, yeah, not every genre because I'm sure there's genres I don't even know about, but yeah. <laughs> and uh, obviously you started writing songs when you were 11. And so if you were growing up listening to this kind of array of different music, did you have an idea in your head then what kind of music you wanted to make? No, I don't really think it kind of works like that in the sense of, well, for me anyway, like I don't think you decide what music you're going to make before you make it. Just it's happens. quite like it just happens you know you just pick mm -hmm. up a guitar and it just kind of like flows in 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 the way that it's gonna go and i don't think you can it's like you can't decide i mean it's different with different forms of art you don't decide what painting you but like i mean you can decide what painting you're going to make before you paint it mm -hmm. but you never know how it's going to turn out so it's kind of like you don't know exactly how each color is going to look and whatever mm -hmm until you've obviously painted it, which is very similar to writing a song. I can say, oh, I want to write a song about this. I want it to sound a bit like that. But, you know, I mean, it doesn't really end up how you envision it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And obviously you've got this kind of incredible depth and tone to your voice and it really sounds effortless when you sing. But I've seen you say before that you've worked really, really hard um, at your voice and worked really hard to kind of create the sound that you've got today. Why is it? so important that people know how hard you've worked for that voice um it's important to me because i don't think well it's important for others to know that you can work hard at something i guess mm. and just like you can push yourself and become really good at something without having it in the first place mm. um i now have another cyst i just found out yesterday that i've got a oh, cyst on my vocal cords again yeah so i had one removed and now i've got it again uh so i do apologize if i come off a bit i'm just really upset about it but um oh bless yeah, you but, i'm so sorry to yeah, hear that no it's fine but that's basically another reason is because like i really want people to know that like they have to i don't know like work hard to get to a place and sometimes there can be setbacks yeah yeah, yeah. and you and you obviously had an operation on that before when was that that you had that done that was like two years ago i think and how was so, yeah. the recovery from that? Was it I mean, horrible? It, it was just horrible. Yeah. Like, the whole thing was just nasty. Like there was like no talking for like three days at all. Then it Crazy. was like months and months of recovery. Um, and it never really fully came back my head voice. So obviously you've got like as a singer, you've got your chest and you've got your head, which is a, which as a male is known as falsetto. And mine never came back. So when you hear me live, when you hear me sing, you'll never really hear me go flip up to the breathy mm. head voice because I don't have one. Um, and I used to, obviously, before everything got wrong with my voice. Mm. And now it's having a gans. It's just a bit of a pain. But I think, you know, like, there are setbacks as a singer. Yeah. So, I don't know. This is just, well, not always. Not a lot of people get what I get, but. Yeah. Well, it's very like admirable that you've kind of worked through it despite all the things that have stood in your way. Like it's super impressive and you're doing it, you're smashing it. So congrats on, so much. on doing so well in spite of all the difficulty. Um, but yeah, it sounds like an absolute nightmare. And also I don't know how you don't speak for three days. That must be impossible. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible, <laughs> especially for me. So you went to Brit school and yeah. then you came out of Brit school and you gigged nonstop, I saw. And... I talk to people a lot about what it feels like to be, you know, performing to these amazing crowds and at the festival and like tonight yourself at Brixton. But I would like to know 
what it feels like to perform to an empty room or to people talking through your set because obviously you've talked before about that happening to you can you tell me a bit about that yeah so obviously I did a lot of that growing up and I think it's like a really good thing to do because it sets Mm. you up for performing in front of bigger crowds but yeah I mean like I just did a lot of that and it's horrible but it is worth it because it means that you even if you're performing in front to one part, this is how I always look at it. Well, I always how I try to look at it. Mm. If there's a room full of 10 people and you're performing to them and none of them are listening apart from one, you have to perform to that one person because they're mm. gonna be the one that like hangs out afterwards and follows you or continues to be a super fan. Like that's really important. So I'd say, yeah, my advice is obviously to anyone who's starting out just to like always give it your all. Mm, and I guess it helps you like build up that resilience that you need and that kind of character development as well and that thick skin I suppose that you need in the music industry as well exactly for sure and you signed to Island Records and I've seen you talk about before saying you had to have a kind of a really clear idea of who you were going into a label sorry why do you think it is that you had to have such a stronger sense of self Well, I think you do to a certain degree. I think there's also ways of them building you and developing you Mm. and like helping with that. But there has to be a strong sense of identity just in terms of you know who you are, not necessarily what you want to say or what you want to do or whatever, but you know who you are and you know your music. And I think that's important because they want to be able to understand a little bit like just about before they sign you or before they you know like tell you that you're going to put music out or help you put music out they want to have a clear sense of who is this artist that we're signing Mm. what are they trying to say and how do they fit in with everyone else which is unfortunate because it's like everyone should have a place in the music industry but unfortunately it's not true that's not how the music industry works there's Mm. a few people who get to the top there's a few people who build a career you can always have a career out of music but it just depends what you want which links back into what i'm saying like if you know exactly what you who exactly who you are and have a strong sense of self it really does help um yeah I've had a difficult time with like finding myself and understanding what I want and what artwork and what videos etc etc but I think that the more that I learn and the more that I understand the more I create the closer I get to getting to that point I think it's like obviously it's just it just really it really helps to be honest and I think it's just like part of the process but also knowing it a little bit sooner can help, which I've learned as well. Yeah. And obviously as someone that kind of has been in this since they were so young, has this world of being in the public eye and like rising up as an artist, how does this kind of live up to your expectations of what it would be like? I think it's a lot more busy than I expected. I think it's Mm. a lot of, um, it's a lot more kind of work involved that doesn't involve music. So stuff like photo shoots or, you know, maybe like video shoots to a certain extent, they obviously do involve music, but like things that you wouldn't expect you'd have to do. But then I'm just, I've been super up for it and always raring to go and always like ready to do the next thing. I think it's very, um, it's a very beautiful thing to learn and grow Mm. as you're within the industry. Um, I think that it's tough and it's very cutthroat Mm. and it's not very nice you know it's not the nicest industry in the world I have to admit myself but it's still a great one to be involved in and I think um yeah I just I I don't know I think that 
it isn't what I expected, but that's okay. And nothing in life really is what you expect. Perhaps sometimes it's different, but better in ways that you thought it might not be, I suppose. Like some things can be surprising. So tell me about the song that you chose for the present and why did you choose that one? So I have like a friend at the moment called Lily who we've become really close. Uh, She does my socials now. So she's like my socials person, my videographer, photographer, and she's just so lovely. And she introduced me to the song called The Dress by Dijon. And it's just a banger. Like I love this song. Yeah, it's so beautifully written. It's just so like kind of powerful, but so understated. And I think that it's a very pretty, I describe it as Mm. pretty. and he's basically talking about like, kind of a post, I don't know if it's a post breakup or something, but when like the dress looks nice and you still want to always watch, it's just such a beautiful lyric. And it makes me think of like my friends and people that I care about, my my boyfriend, like, it makes me think of like a lot of happy things, I don't know why. So that's kind mm-hmm. of why I picked it as present. And also I think that it's hard to pick a song in the present because obviously we're constantly not in the mm-hmm. present and we're constantly, yeah we're coming into the past but like it is important i think to like have a song that makes you feel like stable and happy and free and i think music definitely does that and um definitely. there's a there's a bunch of other arts that do that music does it in the best way because it's like i read this quote or something like like i can't remember what it was but music's like very w- rewarding because it oh it, it decorates uh time was it or something like that it's, it was like it's just, yeah it's something like art decorates space and music decorates time or something like that yeah yeah, music, yeah exactly so then it just that resonated with me because it's like it can it can decorate like the moment that you're in yeah and it can be very fleeting but you i have songs that i like especially frank ocean like i'm a big fan and he will write songs and i remember exactly where yeah it's so evocative isn't it in that way yeah yeah. it's like yeah, a smell yeah, or something right. like it can literally take you straight to a moment which is why it can be so kind of emotionally triggering as well in that sense yeah so true could you describe your relationship with music in that sense then? i think it's very complex i think it's very uh difficult at times also very poignant and like beautiful but it's like it's just a weird one i find it very therapeutic my relationship with music mm. but it's also very very complex so i couldn't really describe it in like few words or whatever but i think that in general i think it's a healthy relationship mm. if it was like a relationship like an actual relationship I think it'd <laughs> yeah. be like healthy and happy and like beautiful and like prospering i don't know yeah but also they'd have big rows. <laughs> yeah massive rows. makes yeah, them exactly. stronger <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and what is it that you're trying to communicate first and foremost with your music do you think i don't really know the answer to this question yet like i've thought about it quite a lot i think mm. that i think i definitely want people to know that a bit of a sense of who i am and how I view the world, but I also want people to be introspective and start viewing the world in a different way. I'd like to be able to like change people's minds and and maybe on a certain issue or, or open their minds in a certain way mm. and just make them feel like they're, I don't know, just make them feel like a bit better and not so alone. I think that's really important. So relatability in the sense then as well is important. Yeah, definitely relatability, like having my music resonate with people and. Mm. And stuff like that, I think is, 
I think is really, really important and just make them feel less alone within whatever they're experiencing. Have you had people come up to you after shows and stuff and tell you that their music's resonated with you? Yeah, um, all the time and that's my favourite bit. Has there been anything standout that someone said to you that stuck with you? Yeah, someone uh, was had just transitioned and came up to me and said that they got their initials tattooed. My, my signature tattooed, well, they had, they got oh. my, my signature tattooed on their arm. And they that must have been mad. Sleeve. And they were telling me about like you know their process with with their life and their experience. And they said oh, my, their music, my music's like healed them and helped them through it. So yeah, that was amazing. That must be absolutely crazy to know you've had such like a significant impact on someone's life oh, for sure. And in terms of your like personal experiences, I know you write a lot about kind of relationships, and you said yourself you use mer- music a lot as therapy. Can you explain to me how it feels to turn? like a raw emotion into a song like it's kind of this whole piece of work that you managed to create from something that's potentially really painful I think it's a cathartic thing so it's like if I do that it makes me help it makes sense of the world around me a little bit more Mm. so when I'm if I've got a problem that I'm encountering or something that like I feel like is going a bit wrong or it's like my way of kind of pushing through Mm. I don't really know. It's it's a very complex thing to explain, but it's kind of like, not in the way of like, oh, you would, you know, not like that. Just in the way of like, it's hard for me to get it out of my my head yeah, into like to the articulate world. articulate it, yeah. Hard to articulate, yeah. Because it's like, I create to feel more about something. Like I create it so that I can understand it more. Mm-hmm. And through the understanding it more, I like learn something about myself. Also, I have songs that like, I didn't really know what they meant and then the, the the meaning like comes later like it's whole it's almost a bit spiritual in a weird kind of mm. kind of way and i'm not super spiritual but it's just that mere thing of if i write a song and then after as i look back i'm like oh my god that's exactly what that was about and i had yeah. no idea when i was writing it that that's what it was about but the meaning kind of comes afterwards and that's but it's not like i've place the meaning on it afterwards it's like literally oh shit I was going through that and that's what I meant yeah it's almost like the words fall out of you as it's happening and then looking back you you become more self-aware exactly yeah yeah, yeah. that's so interesting because usually like people like whilst they're making something often like will work something out but that's interesting that you're kind of post doing it or figuring out what you were feeling yeah i mean that happens sometimes it's quite rare for that to happen but Mm. it does definitely happen and it's quite a mad thing but it is 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 interesting for sure your latest release so sorry so tell me a little bit about um how you're feeling when you wrote this because obviously this is a kind of very self-aware song and it's almost self-deprecating at times so tell me what you were thinking when you wrote this or perhaps how you feel now about having written it. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so there's a that's a perfect example because i wrote it basically being like i'm a bitch i'm toxic i'm not like great and whatever mm. but then and also it was like you know i'm toxic and i don't like you know it was just it was i don't like the way i treat my yeah. loved ones and I don't and I always apologize for it and I think that that's gonna like just solve the whole issue mm. whereas really it needs to be work from within but then it came down to a case of like someone when I went on to the um basically someone said that they felt like women apologize a lot mm. and like then it became a thing of like oh damn like 
I actually kind of wrote that because subconsciously I was apologizing for something that potentially is a can be down to me, but also maybe down to the other person. Yeah, like you were reacting to something necessarily, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then yeah. also like, as like I feel like, well, women and especially women <clears throat> and like just women in general, they just apologize quite frequently. Like whether it's like they bump into someone on the street by accident or whatever it is, our whole being is like to apologize about something because we feel like mm. we need to take a lot of responsibility for stuff that potentially isn't our fault, kind of thing. Yeah. So then I was thinking maybe, you know, the fact that I'm th- sorry, I say it one too many times just to get out of the crimes that I commit. Mm. it's like but why do you have committed those crimes and what's happened to you in your life for you to be able to have to do that it's like quite layered you know mm. and then also like you're, you're soft on me and like i guess that's what i get when i'm always off my head it's like that classic thing of like women going oh yeah well i'm always crazy like yeah yeah, yeah. i'm hysterical like that kind of thing and that's kind of the retrospect but you know, it doesn't have to be that deep. I think it's it's definitely about, and I'm definitely, I'm sorry when I was feeling sorry when I wrote it. And mm. that is really kind of the core of what it's about. It's really interesting that it's got this double meaning now that you've come away from it. it it's yeah, so fascinating yeah, yeah. that like you are obviously in a place of feeling quite low and like guilt ridden and then like wrote that and now coming away from it, you're thinking potentially I shouldn't have been feeling that way. And perhaps it was the things around me that were making me feel like that. I apologize in advance. I'm insecure and I'm far too proud to tell you I'm wrong. And yesterday I got drunk and I said some stupid things that I probably shouldn't have. So then I say sorry. Obviously, in a lot of your writing, you're kind of very explicit and to the point about how you're feeling and you kind of don't hold back in in hiding anything. Has that always been what you've done? Does that just come naturally to you? Not in real life, in music, yeah. Like, mm. I think I'm quite explicit, but I don't think I'm like that in real life. I'm quite direct person. I say it straight. I don't be yep. around the bush, but yeah, I guess it kind of, you know, they, they come hand in hand. If I talk like that and I act like that, I write like that. Mm. But I'm definitely more explicit in my music than I am in real life. Mm. But yeah, it's not always come naturally. I've worked on that, but I think it's an important trait to have. I think it's a good trait to have. I think it means putting yourself first. Yeah, and do you find it quite... Did you find it difficult at the start for people to hear that kind of openness within your music? Um... No, <laughs> it was my release and I wanted to get it out there. And I think that people could take it how they wanted to take it. Like sometimes I do get a little bit conscious now, to be mm. honest about like, oh my God, how does that sound? How does that lyric sound? How do people take that? Does that make them feel like I'm cocky? Like, I don't really know, but in Pillar of Lullaby, even I say, do they hate me? I don't know in a way, I don't care. Mm. And that's supposed to be ironic because that's like, but talking about it in like a straight sense, like I sh- you shouldn't really give like a fuck. It's like art, like art yeah. shouldn't have limits or, you know, whatever. It should just be, this is how I feel and you just take it how it is. And yeah. the art should have censorship. I think there obviously is a tendency for people to try and define artists. I've seen that you kind of have talked before about not wanting to be seen in the wrong way. Is there a way that you do want to be seen or how kind of do you see yourself? Um, 
I don't know if there's like a specific way that I want people to see me because I think that's perception and see themselves what they want to see. Um, and that's all down to them and how they perceive the world, how they perceive other people. But And it can also be a projection of how they're feeling in themselves. But mm. I think I am like a lot of things as is everyone. And I think that through my music, I'm able to kind of change up stylistically and maybe do something a little bit different in the future as well as like me having quite a different range of songs that are out yeah, and you don't want to feel kind of limited to like doing one thing like you want to be able to yeah. go where you want to yeah and i think that i don't want to be able to be boxed or pigeonholed mm. i think that that's a, another big thing you can define yourself as an artist that's a really important thing you don't have to always be defined by someone else but then does come the the tricky bit of people will try and define you and box you in and mm. that's when you have to start venturing out and doing different things to ensure that you're not boxed in what song did you pick for the future and why did you choose this one so I picked Who Would Have Thought, and I did actually have a reason to pick this. Obviously, it's my song of Ardy, but the reason I picked this song, yeah, is because I always look at it in the sense of, like, he says, he's talking about himself, and he's saying, like, but he, he doesn't say one lyric in it, which is, if I can do this, you can do it all. And that really, like, stuck with me, because it's, like, it's very motivating, that song. Mm. It's, like, Who Would Have Thought? I've come, I've come from, like, I've been chasing gold, and I've come from stone. And the whole song is basically saying, look, if I can do this, anybody can. And it's that hopeful thing of, when I look at Ardy and where he is, obviously there's a lot of like, I'm so happy for him, but I, I'm envious, you know, everyone who's in this wants to be in his position or mm. if they are in his position, they want to be in someone else's position. There's like a continuous yeah. comparison thing. I mean, not always, but I'm just speaking from my own experience. And I think that he makes me really like, feel like I can achieve things. And he's such a lovely guy as well. like such a babe but the main thing reason i play that song is because it's very motivational it makes me feel really happy and like like i can achieve things yeah i can imagine like going to somewhere like brit school and kind of being in an industry that's so so competitive it would be super easy to to compare yourself to others is that something that's like been really difficult uh not really at brit uh but well yeah at brit too actually i think it's happened a lot in my life and I think it's a normal thing and I think it's Absolutely, not super yeah. unhealthy. I think it's not unhealthy because everyone talks about this thing as like comparing is unhealthy. Yeah, it is. It's the, comparison is the defeat of joy, but it's like, can also be quite competitive and it can be quite, and competitiveness can be quite healthy. Um, and everyone does it. So like, clearly we're not, we're not all crazy. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, the world's set up for us to do that, isn't it? At the moment. It's set up, exactly. It's, it, yeah, right. So it's not like we're doing something wrong by comparing ourselves or we should mm -hmm. like try and like always repress that, like compare yourself, but always remember that like an absence of like, just cause someone else is like, I don't know, let's say someone else is really beautiful. That's not absence of your own. I know, I have to take breaks from social media quite a lot because it's just It's like, really damaging, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, so overwhelming. So what's next for you then? I'm super excited to hear, like, have you got an album coming? What's happening? I do have an album coming like, soon. It's gonna be really exciting. I'm kind of working on it at the moment. I'm going to LA for a bit to work on the album. Um, 
there's just a lot of things happening. I'm going to probably do another tour if, if this year, if not next year. Got some new music coming out. Uh, potentially releasing an EP, but that's all not yet to Under be wraps. confirmed. <laughs> exactly. And very exciting. I'm very excited. I feel good about everything. And I feel like things are finally starting to pick up, which is great. And is the music similar to what we've heard or different? I mean, it's always going to be a bit different, but I think this is quite different. If we okay. go with if we go with what I think we're going with, I think it's quite different. But it's still very me. It's more like mm. it's my voice, it's my writing, and I think that that's what is like the the thread, the mm. common thread between all my music. And obviously, you'll be playing the iconic Great Escape. So tell me a little bit about how it felt to kind of be one of the the big artists on the lineup this year. Yeah, it was amazing. Like I when did I think I did it two i can't remember exactly when but anyway but um i'm so excited i can't wait um i love festival season it's so fun and i'm so excited to be like one of the kind of like bigger mm. people on the lineup which is just amazing because obviously i don't feel that famous at all <laughs> but but it's nice that they see me like that i don't know whatever um yeah i'm gonna have so much fun there you're being very humble thanks i'm, I'm... <laughs> This is, yeah. Brighton's so fun anyway. I'm just excited to be by the yeah. seaside for a couple of days. I love Brighton, like, with, like, a passion. So I went there, I was literally just there, so. Is there any artists from the lineup that you're excited to see in particular? Definitely Baby Queen, definitely Puragi, because Puragi was on, I think she was on something that I was doing for a bit uh, with Amazon, and like, I'm really excited to see her. Obviously, I'm I love Baby Queen, so yeah, I think there's there's going to be quite a few sick artists on the lineup that I'm excited yeah. about. Yeah, loads of like amazing female non-binary talent as well, which is super exciting. That's what I we know, love. I know. <laughs> exactly. Come on, like the future holds incredible <laughs> people. What can we expect from your performance? Um, I think it's going to be lively. It's going to be very um emotional probably <laughs> and it's gonna be a hell of a lot of fun and i'll have, be, be having a great time it's gonna be a viable round i think and but yeah definitely grab some tissues <laughs> do you have a favorite song to perform like? fake i love and i love for me so sorry at the moment i also really love Hello lullaby Like, what's your main motivation that pushes you kind of every day with music? I don't know. I think it's, I sorry, I say that a lot, don't I? But I don't <laughs> really, I don't think it's success. I think it's just the passion. Mm. It's just the passion I have. And I think it's just, it helps me through life. And I think that's kind of the bottom line, really. It doesn't, success is like a end result. And mm. it's a byproduct of what I do. But if I was never successful, it wouldn't stop me doing music. So It's interesting how you talk about success being an end result because I could argue that you're very successful right now. Oh, thank you. That's really <laughs> lovely. I don't see it like that. <laughs> successful, but not as successful as I would want to be in mm. this industry. You're still it's so really young, weird. Though. I can never view it how other people view it. It's so okay. weird. It's, it must be difficult being, because you're in it, it's hard to be objective and it's hard to see 
see that but I bet there's so many artists looking at you and thinking I wish I was there there you go mm. see I've had I've, people have told me that before and that makes me feel weird <laughs> <laughs> obviously it's human nature isn't it to always like move forward and always want the next thing and be focused on the next thing and as soon as you hit a goal like I mean you've just performed on the late late show with James Corden like or like on the Graham Norton show every time you do these things is there something next in sight is there yeah. something current current insight at the moment yeah see i'm quite an unsatisfied person so there's always going to be <laughs> something that like i need to do next and i need to achieve next and unsatisfaction is like motivation though <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 exactly and it helps me and it helps me be, stay motivated and mm. stay. if i was i would just become complacent you know if i yeah. didn't if i didn't feel like i need to do something next but yeah yeah is there something that you're focused on right now yeah, probably, probably winning a Brit. Um, but there's nothing really you can one. really. It's kind of out of your control. Mm. But I definitely want to release an incredible album. That's something that I'm waiting to do, mm. like a lot. Like I want to release a beautiful, incredible album. I'm very excited about that. Your live performances are incredible. I've been watching. I have to come see you live at some point. I've been watching on yeah, please on do. YouTube and like you just make it look so effortless. I mean, I'm sure it's absolutely not, but it just does seem to be so natural to you and the kind of like depth of your voice is is stunning thank you so much that's very sweet thank you <laughs> so i ask everyone uh, at the end of this podcast if you could change one thing about the future what would it be i probably obviously i'd love to end just like everything that's negative in the yeah. world i'd love to end it yeah i'd love to stop um I mean, that would be kind of my main thing, I guess. I don't know, it's hard. It's a really hard question because it's so, it's so I know, is, is there something like within the music industry potentially that- Yeah, maybe like that you... could, that, yeah. For artists to have obviously their, a lot more of their rights, mm. uh, for them to always get their masters and uh, to keep their masters when they're signing. But um, not less businessy, I think I just want people to be able to be a little bit like be able to be more free mm. and like never feel like they need to compare themselves. And I want to, actually I'd probably delete social media off the planet. <laughs> I'd have to agree with you on that one. But yeah, no, you're right about being like less business. Like it feels like music is so, it's almost like part of our psyche and our emotions and it feels wrong for it to be made. So like you need more humanity and less yeah, like I branding mean, and like, product. Exactly. I think, big anarchist vibes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah definitely agree with you on the no social media i think we'd all be better for it but it doesn't seem like it's gonna happen anytime soon unless there is some sort of revolution <laughs> exactly well let's hope there is well that's pretty much everything Lightner. thank you so much for chatting to thank me. you so much you're so welcome thank you thanks so much to lola i am really looking forward to hearing that voice live at the great escape festival in a couple of weeks for next week's episode and the final episode of this collaborative series i'll be speaking to the one and only rachel chinnereri we had such a fun chat for this podcast so i'm so excited for you to hear that one if you enjoyed this podcast please do subscribe and share it with your friends and if you'd like to know more about vocal girls you can find us on socials at Vocal Girls Club or vocalgirls.com online. And if you're looking for The Great Escape, you can find them at Great Escape Fest on socials or greatescapefestival.com. You've been listening to the Vocal Girls podcast. I've been your host, Megan Gray. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week for the final episode. <laughs>